Good day, friends. How did we sleep? Hope we slept well. We thank God for bringing us thus far. It's been almost ages since the last podcast. But we thank God we are alive again. Today, I bring you object lessons from my friend and mentor, Randy Alcon. Object lessons from Randy Alcon. Happy listening. Randy Alcon says, To one degree or another, every sinner trades what they have and could have had for a lie. Did you get that? I take it again. To one degree or another, every sinner trades what they have and could have had for a lie. Let me take you back to Genesis. What was the transaction between Eve and the serpent? Did God really say you shouldn't eat every tree in the garden? First of all, that was not what God said. She knew what God said and even went up, went further to polish what uh, God said. God said we should eat every tree except this one. God said we should not even touch it. You see how it started? And there was an exchange, there was a transaction. God knows that the day you eat it, you'll be like him. Your eyes will open, you know good and evil, and you will not die. Immortality of the soul and promise of knowledge, promise of prosperity in sin. She traded her holiness for what was not even real. And we're still feeling the impact today. So, every sin you commit, you trade what you have. You trade what you even could have had. For what is not real. Randy Alcon also says, "Say the fear of God is a profound respect for His holiness." People have argued that why will you fear a holy God? No, this fear we're talking about is not the fear of hiding under under the table when God is mentioned. No, it is a profound respect for His holiness. Our failures to follow the teachings of scripture in this area undermines our ability to accomplish what God has called us to do. Did we get that? If we don't follow the teachings of scripture in understanding the full import of God's holiness, it it undermines our ability to accomplish what God has called us to do. So. You cannot even work for God if you don't know the God of the work. An unholy word, he says, will never be won to Christ by an unholy church. Yes, there's so much to learn from these words of wisdom. How do you give the world a better version of what what they have when you have (laughs) almost you have what they have? So how do you win them to Christ? The world is full of sin, yes. The world is full of sinners, yes. So, what are you bringing to the table that is better than what they have? You must bring something different, something original, something better, something holy, something pure, something real. You don't win the world by being like the world. You win the world by being different from the world. That's what he says. He went further to say that sexual impurity cuts to the soul. It slices to the living core of who you are and who you will become. Did you get that? Sexual impurity cuts to the soul. 
it slices to the living core of who you are and who you will become. A friend of mine once told me, people who indulge or engage in sexual impurity, if they are men, they are like bulls, castrated bulls. They are good for nothing, just for sport. A bull cannot reproduce. A bull is just good for sport. Bull fighting and bull riding and all those other things. It's not productive. You can't produce milk. That's how we become castrated bulls. Paul even tells us that all sin a man sins is outside his body. But the sin of sexual impurity or immorality, you sin against your own self, your own body. Awesome. Nobody here hates his body. Everybody takes, people take care of their own body. But when we indulge in sexual impurity, we hurt our own body. We hurt the core of who we are. And we lose our spiritual identity. So, please take note. He also says that resisting temptation is very hard. It takes courageous, stubborn refusal to violate God's law. I think this one is slam dunk simple. If you want to resist temptation, you have to be stubborn, you have to be courageous, and you have to say, no, I will not break God's law. That is the only way you can resist temptation. You can fight it, but you can resist it. He said the truth is, if you act naturally, you are, you are going to die. If you just act natural in this natural world, I mean, the world, the world will eat you for toasted bread. You have to act spiritual in this natural world. That's the way you overcome. He says in 1 Corinthians that the natural mind cannot understand the things of God because they are nonsense to him. The things of God are spiritually discerned. And who betide those who say that the, I mean, there's nothing spiritual about this world? Who told you? He said, refuse to take sexual advantage of anyone, whether you are in the um, male gender or the female gender. Don't take sexual advantage of anyone. Refuse to go, to go that far. If you're a Christian, you are a targeted man or woman. This is not to scare you. This is not to scare you. But if you have declared for Christ, just know that devil, the devil and his minions, they are coming after you. But the saving grace is this. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Wow. Awesome. That's our saving grace. Even with all these minions, once we mention the name of Jesus, he must bow. So you see, the devil cannot take you to hell. If he cannot take you to hell, he will make your life on earth a living hell. But Christ has given us the victory. Now this is a warning to those who think they have overcome already. If you don't think you can fall, you almost certainly will fall. Paul even warns us that those who think they are standing, they should, they should be careful lest they fall. So, every sin, he said, every sin started with something innocent. Every sin today started with something innocent. So, Paul warns us that we should flee every appearance of evil. Once it just looks like something that will turn or metamorphose into something evil, take to your heels. Don't even bargain. Don't even negotiate. Take to your heels. 
and uh, God will see us through. So, have a lovely day. God bless you. Kale Emerah.